Welcome in to another beautiful, crisp, maybe, November morning here at Odyssey, where we are hosting what we believe is Odyssey's favorite podcast, Name That News. I'm your host, Mark Menard, alongside my co-host, Zach Clark. And for you, it's probably crisp and brisk this morning up in Michigan. For me, it could very well be balmy today in New Orleans. We've been having a little hot snap. Is that a thing? I know there's a cold snap. Is a hot snap a thing? I don't even know. It has to be. If a cold snap is a thing, a hot snap has to be a thing. Look, today's battle on Name That News is between a guy in a knit hat and a sweatshirt and a guy wearing a sleeveless T-shirt. So we know what's going on here. Yes, yes. So I hopefully you will not be hampered by your climate concerns. This, hopefully this is not like a football game where the team that's from the south is playing in the cold weather and they just get totally bogged down and freeze their cojones off. Don't worry, I've got a giant guy standing in front of me with a with a hand warmer on his ass, and I keep putting my <laughs> hands in there, so it's just fine. I'm the guy in like three layers of coats in front of that big heater they put on the sideline, because I would be riding the bench. I would there would be no activity for me to warm up at all. But let's get right into this. Here's how the show works. We have gone through a week's worth of news. We have pulled out the clips that we think are our favorites, and we have changed them just a little bit because we want to make this a challenge. We want you to guess what it is they're talking about. So we're going to get right into this, and we're going to start out on the West Coast where somebody got a brand new face, but not from the boys like MTV, like George Michael, but from Surgeons. Well, surgeons at New York University have announced a breakthrough. As part of a large face transplant for a badly injured man, have pulled off the first ever successful complete human transplant. So what was successfully transplanted on this lucky patient? Was it A, a human eye, B, a human ear, or C, a human tongue? The hint here, the first time this has ever worked. So I think before they've tried to like grow ears on the back of like lab rats, which is incredibly disturbing. Yeah, like I don't a like it. Nine Inch Nails video. But a tongue though, a tongue would seem incredibly complex because of what the tongue does, but it's a muscle, but it also has all your taste buds on it. Could you connect all of those things? But I got to tell you, Mark, the thought of anything sharp getting anywhere near my eye is just horrifying so that means that will be the answer a human eye your thought process is sometimes convoluted but sometimes that convoluted process works wonders and it does with this one you are correct it is a human eye they think that this could eventually solve the problem of blindness if they could successfully transplant human eyes which they've never been able to do before what was the old chris rock routine could we get stevie wonder just a day of sight uh, so he can see colors for the first time. This could be possible in the future. We could find a cure for blindness in human eye transplants if they can continue to grow this process. But hey, big news, good news today on Name That News. A human eye has been successfully transplanted. Wonders never cease. And we go from an incredibly impactful story to one that means absolutely nothing. This one comes to us from our friends at CBS News Radio, which can be heard on Odyssey stations across the country. Take a listen. A new limited edition nine inch pie topped with shredded meat. Customers say it tastes a lot like dried chicken. Alrighty, Mark, what is the meat topping on Pizza Hut's newest pie? Is it A, snake meat? Is it B, snail meat? Or is it C, shark meat so one of these is much easier to gather than the other two we have two very dangerous animals and then one 
where it looks like it's no challenge whatsoever. Not surprisingly that the one that's no challenge is one that we eat most often. Of course, escargot coming from snails, and if you're in the upper crust, that's a delicacy you might partake in a lot. I know people in the outback, in the desert, they eat snakes. Shark meat is the interesting one. I don't know if I've ever heard of anyone eating a shark. I'm going to go ahead and throw that one out. I don't think that would end up on a pizza. I think we're between snake and snails. And, you know, a, a couple weeks ago, when we had iced tea on the show, go download that one if you haven't heard it, everybody. Iced tea, fantastic guest, official friend of the show. Uh, we talked about caviar Pringles and people getting that upper crust delicacy at the supermarket for those low, low, everyday prices. I'm going to go ahead and say this is the same thing. I think it's snail meat on a pizza. <laughs> Well, Mark, for the first time in your entire life, iced tea has led you astray. The answer no. is yes, I am sorry. The answer is A, snake meat. And for context, this is not in America. This is in Hong Kong. So don't get too excited. None of this is available to you. But yes, shredded snake meat on top of the pizza. And it's supposed to replicate or hearken to uh, the popular snake soup that is uh, in Hong Kong. So yeah, not for me, but uh, whatever. So a Hong Kong delicacy on an Italian dish <laughs> from an American company. Multinational food here. I guess if you're traveling to Hong Kong, go sample the snake pizza and tell us how it is. Send us an email or maybe a telegram. I don't know. I don't, I don't know how people contact us these days, but I'm sure you can get a word to us somehow. Uh, for now, though, we're going to go up north to the Windy City and WBBM in Chicago where people are saving money. But who's saving money is the question. Ditching pricey brands for budget-friendly dupes or knockoffs from fake Louis Vuitton to off-brand Oreos, the dupe wave is reshaping consumer choices while challenging brand loyalty. So which generation is saving that sweet, sweet legal tender? Is it A, Gen X? Is it B, Millennials? Or is it C, Gen Z? Well, this is a tough one. I'm a millennial, and saving money as a millennial is incredibly difficult when you consider the price of housing, student loans, all that fun stuff that we've already gotten ourselves into. Now, the funny thing about the Gen Xers is, and a lot of them will tell you this, nobody ever talks about them. It's almost like a forgotten thing that's a smaller generation sandwiched in between two very big ones. So, I don't know. Here's the thing I know about younger people is they seem less brand conscious than you or I were, but... The Gen Xers are too young, I would think. So I'm going to say millennials, even though that seems counterintuitive, but sometimes that's how this show works. Gen Z is the winner. And I left out what would have probably been a big hint for you. This is a trend that started on TikTok. If I had told you that, it would have given it would have given the whole game away. So I took that out. But it's a it's a dupes trend on TikTok where they show you products that are like other pricier products but maybe just as good and cheaper? I don't know. Oh, I'll tell you what. This is good news for we parents, because if we can start buying off-brand stuff, hell yeah. Correct. I'm going to kick back with a Dr. Thunder here in a minute and, and really enjoy myself. At least you went with the one that went to medical school. I would have picked Mr. Pibb. <laughs> Mr. Pibb is, is just a plebeian like us. Maybe go to the Czech Cola if you're really feeling frisky. So, Mark, we were talking about plebes. Let's go to the complete other side of that. This next clip comes to us from KCBS in San Francisco. Lindsay Hoops, owner of Hoops Vineyards in Napa County, says they've now filed a complaint against the county saying the vintners' civil rights have been violated. The dispute is over whether Hoops and two other small wineries have a right to... 
Mark, what are the wineries fighting to be allowed to do? Is it A, turn people away based on their lack of wine knowledge? Is it B, conduct wine tastings and tours? Or is it C, use their fruits to also make liquor and beer? So, we have three choices here. Two of them are inclusive, and one of them is exclusive. Turning people away seems like a very wine crowd thing to do. But then you also always are looking to maximize your profits. If you can use your fruit to make liquor and beer, obviously you can use some of the fruit that maybe is going to go bad that you're not using in the wine. And conducting wine tastings and tours, that brings more people into your product. That gives you more money. So I don't know, does the snobbery win out over the need for more cash? It's an interesting question. I like to think that people go with their better instincts, but I know that that's not always the case. I'm going to go with... They want to turn people away. Yeah, when I thought about this question, I thought about the show Frasier, which I loved very much, and the brothers were in a wine club. But the answer is actually B, Mark. It's conduct wine tastings and tours. But what you said in there was correct. These people who own these wineries say that they're not allowed to maximize their profits, that their property is worth less money because they're not allowed to do this. And they used to be allowed to do it. There was a law written in 1990 that said no more of this. But the wineries that already existed were grandfathered in. But now they're being told they can't do it. So they're upset. I think that confused me because I thought that there were wine tastings and tours at all these wineries. But apparently I was mistaken. People must be going out, out of the country for this. Yeah, no, I thought the same thing. I, I really did. I was greatly surprised myself. So that brings us to the point in the show we call the cliffhanger question of the week. It's a question just like the other questions, except for the fact that we don't give you the answer right away. We make you sit on it for an entire seven days because we want you to need to come back here and get the answer. But we're going to go ahead and give you last week's answer that you've been waiting for all week before we give you the new question for this week. So last week, the question came to us from WWJ in Detroit, my man Zach's neck of the woods. Refresh your memory. Well, you don't see this every day. The Franklin Bingham Farms Police Department posted a picture on its Facebook page last night showing a deer with a on its head. It's not funny, though. They're asking residents to keep their yards free of debris or anything else that can get stuck in a deer's antlers. So what was found stuck in the antlers of a deer? Was it A, a tricycle? Was it B, a lounge chair? Or was it C, a garden gnome? So my first instinct is two of these are very possible and one is wildly unlikely. When it throw out the garden gnome, I'm assuming that it has to get stuck in something. The antlers do, right? Garden gnomes are using it out of porcelain or stone. So the odds of the deer getting stuck in there is slim. But lounge chairs outside, especially the ones that are like woven, easily pierced or poked through. And a tricycle with the spokes or the handlebars, right? So I'm throwing out garden gnome. The thing about A and B, though, is like neither one of these would likely be outside right now. It's cold out. Nobody's lounging. Few people are riding bikes. I'm going to say lounge chair because it seems like the easiest thing that you could lift up with antlers. Well, you know, no matter where you are in the country, maybe where you are in the world, there's going to be people who leave crap in their yard, even though it's not going to be used for six months. So obviously these people didn't pick up the lounge chairs when it got cold. The lounge chair was still out there. A deer got in the yard. The antlers went through the lounge chair. And then someone, uh, some unlucky schlub, had to go and try to get the lounge chair off of the deer antlers. And you know what? Don't do that to people. Don't don't make their day any worse when their job is to handle deer and animal control. Don't don't give them some un, impossible task. Pick up your lounge chairs. 
pick up your tricycles as well. And you know what? Just just hibernate. Hibernate for the whole winter. It's too cold. You know, if it would have been a couple weeks from now, they could have just shot the deer. It would have been rifle hunting season, but had to wait. Only if it's a seven or eight point, though, right? Well, I'm assuming if it was able to pick something up with the Tantlers, it was probably pretty impressive. True. This is a solid point. Now that we've finally let you off the hook from last week's cliffhanger question, it's time to give you a new one to think about for the next week. And Zach, what do you got for us? Mark, we're going to stay right here in the Motor City. This also comes from WWJ in Detroit. The first 7,500 fans at LCA on Thanksgiving Eve are going to receive a Red Wings. Red Wings social media has people excited with many fans asking if they'll be for sale. Already, Mark, a little back-to-back dose of Jonathan Carlson there in our last two questions. What in-game giveaway has Red Wings fans so excited? Is it A, Thanksgiving turkeys with the Red Wings logo branded on each one of them? Is it B, a chance to win $25,000? Or C, is it a gravy boat shaped like a Zamboni? All of these incredibly appealing. I'm just going to come right out and say it. And I love that we have this one leading up to next week's big Thanksgiving week episode. So we can really be in the mood when uh, when we when we hit the episode next week. Not answering it this week, but if I'm just looking at the answers, like I said, all of these appeal. Who couldn't go for an extra $25,000, especially ahead of the holiday season, when no matter what you celebrate, you're probably buying presents for somebody. So uh, that, that 25K would be very helpful. A turkey with the Wings logo branded on it. You've got your Thanksgiving dinner and you've got an amazing conversation piece for the table. But man, I'm gonna tell you, a gravy boat is like, shaped like a Zamboni. We don't even have a hockey team here in New Orleans. And I would proudly display that not just at Thanksgiving, but every meal, even if there was no gravy, I would put something in that bad boy. So that to me, maybe I'm just a freak for kitsch and tchotchkes and things that no one wants, but I would I would probably display a Zamboni gravy boat. I'll tell you this, Mark. Option C is the most Midwestern option by far. It's not close. <laughs> <laughs> and look, I'm in the South and I love it. So... You know, I, I think you've hit on something. If that's not the answer, I think you still go into production on the on the Zamboni gravy boats immediately, my friend. Trademark it now because we're putting this out into the world, and we know how many millions of people download this show every week. Someone's going to capitalize on it if you don't. But for now, that's going to do it for this week's edition of Name That News. Special thanks, as always, to Brian Fisher, who helps put the show together, and special thanks to you for joining us. If you like what you heard, then please pound that subscribe button, bookmark us in your browser, set a reminder on your calendar because we are here every single week with another fresh new episode of Name That News. Stay warm, everybody.